Welcome to the Insurgents Podcast with Frank Viola. And he's brought a friend. This is the podcast that supplements Frank's groundbreaking book, Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, which is shaking up the Christian world. You can find out details about the book at insurgents.org. Sit back, open all four ears, physical and spiritual, and join the insurgents. Here's Frank. Welcome, welcome to another edition of the Insurgents Podcast. This is Frankie V. And this is Denzel. And we are continuing our exploration of every reference to the kingdom of God in the Gospels. And the next passage that we're going to look at in this episode is Matthew 5, verse 10. You want to read that for the audience, the listening audience, Denzel? Yes, and I am going to read from the New American Standard Bible, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is what it says in the New Living. God blesses those who are persecuted for mm. doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And then in the message, you're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. Mm. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Blessed are the persecuted for righteousness sake. This, of course, is part of what has been traditionally called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is proclaiming and demonstrating God's kingly rule. And in Matthew 5.1, the passage opens up with Jesus seeing the multitudes and he goes up into a mountain or a hill or a mountainside, depending on the <laughs> translation that you have. But this reminds us of Moses going up onto the mountain and delivering God's words. Here Jesus is the new Moses and he's giving the new Torah. But the Torah that Jesus gives is not like the Torah that Moses gave. And mm. we'll talk about how it's different in upcoming episodes. But Jesus made clear in other places that the world hated him and so persecution came to him because he was not like the world. Amen. And that includes Denzel Babylon, which is the religious department of the world system. Amen. And the Lord turned around and said to you and me, his followers, the same will be true for you. The world hated me, therefore, as long as you follow me, the world's going to hate you too. Mm. And uh, that's what Matthew 5, 10 is referring to. Now, we've already covered chapter 5, verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We did that in a different episode. But here, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And this is the kingdom of heaven. The future benefit is what creates hope in a person's heart. You mentioned in a previous episode Peter's words about suffering, and mm. I just want to read those from 1 Peter. This is chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves. 
mm-hmm. also with the same attitude. Because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. Mm-hmm. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Have a mind to suffer. Yeah. It's a missing ingredient in much of what's mm-hmm. preached today. Amen. Not only the fact that if you're following Christ and you're living kingdom life, you're going to suffer, you're going to be persecuted, you're going to be harassed. And persecution comes in all different forms, and (laughs) I'll Mm. talk about that a little bit later. But Peter goes on to say in verse 12, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal Mm. that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Mm. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed. Amen. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer Mm -hmm. or a thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. (laughs) However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. So Peter, in effect, is saying, look, don't be surprised if you are suffering, if you're going through a trial or a tribulation, but make sure it's not because you're a jerk or because you have a persecution complex or because you're a criminal or you did something stupid or boneheaded or wrong, but because you are walking in righteousness. I don't know about you. I would suspect this is the case with you, Denzel, because you've worked with the Lord's people for a long time. But I've watched people who developed a persecution complex Mm. because they couldn't get along with anyone, Mm. even their fellow Christians Mm. who love the Lord and who are walking with him. Uh, That's not what Jesus is talking about here. Uh, When he says, blessed are the persecuted, he's talking about those who are doing the king's will Mm. and it does not align with society. There will come persecution. There will come injustices. There will come attacks even from those who, in effect, do not like your stance, do not like your lifestyle, do not like your words about the Lord and his kingdom. It's interesting, in verse 11, Jesus said, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Mm. So the term for righteousness sake in verse 10 and the term for my sake are interchangeable. Amen. So the Lord is in effect saying, if you're doing something for my sake, It is going to be righteous. Mm. It's going to be that which is right, good, pure. And there will be persecution in the form of, notice his emphasis here is not physical persecution, Mm. although I believe that's included. Mm -hmm. But the emphasis here is on being reviled. That's slandered, lied about. And people speaking evil against you, attacking your character, your reputation. Mm. And it's for my sake. In another place, he says, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. Mm -hmm. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. This is tied into this business of being reviled and evil spoken against because one of the high standards of the kingdom is not to retaliate. 
Amen. is not to counterpunch, mm. is not to respond in kind, mm. is not to take vengeance. Amen. Because when this is coming your way, that is going to be a temptation. But that temptation is one wherein you're not losing your life. Mm. You're saving it. You're not taking up your cross. You're rejecting it. You're not following the Lord. You're following your own carnal nature. So mm. that's a very piercing word very to good. all of us. And um, I have a chapter on not defending yourself in the book, 48 Laws of Spiritual Power, that goes into this. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So at first, like you, you kind of um, put kind of like a question out there. And I have, you know, for a few seasons, been serving amongst the Lord's people. And uh, when you said, for righteousness sake, and Jesus says, for my sake, it's what you're doing in him, or, you know, I would say, allowing him to live his life mm-hmm. through me, a life, by the way, which I don't possess or own, it's mm-hmm. his life, and it's, it's in us, but it's still his life. I cannot even begin to count how many times I've heard, and I'm thinking of a conversation I just had a couple weeks ago when a person said, you know, the devil persecutes me because I just speak my mind and I'm just going (laughs) to speak my mind whether they like it or not. And I just tried to probe a little further to get clarification on what they meant by their mind. Is it your mind or is it the mind of Christ? that that speaking and it was themselves so peter as you brought out there you know brings out that you know i i can't say i'm being persecuted because you know i went and told lies or slandered or cursed a person out and then they got mad at me or or just did anything let's just put it all in one category uh you said the near the end out of my carnal nature mm-hmm. but uh we're persecuted for the sake of righteousness. And, you know, when I look at that word, you know, persecuted and persecution, the thing that, that comes to my mind is is first John chapter five, nineteen, the second part of that verse where he says, The whole world lies under the sway or under the power of the evil one. So, you know, the world system, which is uh I don't like using the word rival because I don't I think to be a rival you have to, have to be like close to equal power, but mm-hmm. let's just say the world system is what Satan has instituted to be a replacement for Mm. the kingdom of God and not rival. And so that's his replacement. So if we're coming in the name of the Lord, corporately expressing Christ, being a visible manifestation of his body, the kingdom of God, having kingdom cells uh, coming together, we're going to be persecuted. Mm. You know, again, as you was reading that and I was thinking that uh, we're like to use a natural term, I think of war and, you know, paratroopers who are dropped behind enemy lines Mm. and they have a mission to accomplish and they're in the enemy's territory and, you know, the enemy is there to destroy them, to stop them from accomplishing their mission. So we're like salmon. I love salmon because they have to (laughs) go against the current of the river to get upstream where they can reproduce. Mm. So if we're going to bring multiplication, teaching discipleship, learning how to live by our spiritual instincts, 
doing those things, then obviously the evil one is not going to be happy about that. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, he will attack. But again, not only do we arm ourselves for that suffering and understand that it will happen, but also the flip side of that coin is that uh, it has to pass through the Lord's hands before it comes to us. And so what I love is, is how the Lord has allowed things, even in just my own life, to come. And as we were saying in the earlier podcast, the, the persecution and the, the hurt, the pain behind that, what ends up happening with me, what's happened to me a few times is the Lord is able then to put his finger on something in me that is still attached to the world system. Mm. And by allowing that to come and it gets exposed, mm. then now it can you know, be crucified. I can die to it. And so one of my favorite verses is Luke 9, 23. Uh, Jesus says, if anyone follows me, he must first deny himself mm. and pick up his cross, and then he can follow me. But, you know, I've experienced that suffering, experienced slander and lies. And lastly, the third point, what that does for me then as the Lord is transforming and working in me is uh, what I also see is I see that sanctification that we talked about in a previous podcast, Spirit, Soul, and Body, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, how he'll sanctify a spirit, soul, and body. Because, you know, uh, before Jeff was Denzel and in the Insurgents podcast, uh, before uh, the Lord had drew me to himself and, and saved me, is um, I was real big on vengeance. I was uh, I was one of the ones when I when, when I began reading the Bible and reading Psalms and said how they lay in their bed all night thinking about <laughs> how to get revenge. That that actually was me. Unfortunately, I was pretty good at it. You know, now you know a way that the Father uses you know with the Holy Spirit to to form Christ in me is when these things happen for righteousness' sake for proclaiming the kingdom of God, for proclaiming that. When I don't see, as I've heard before people say, the little lawyer rise up in me to defend myself. Mm-hmm. And, and then not only that, I've gone through a process of, I would be quiet, but inside I was still like right. messed up. Outwardly you wouldn't know it, but inwardly I knew it. And that was not acceptable. It takes time, at least for me, it's a process. And over time, I've had a recent season of that. It hurts, still hurts, but there's not anger followed by it, Mm -hmm. you know. And and secondly is, it really allowed me to understand Jesus' words, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. You know, this is the Insurgents podcast, and and we're, we're, you know, we want to go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And so we're we're talking about the kingdom of God, but we also have to have uh, an understanding and a realization that when we walk in this, there will be suffering. What also comes out of that for me is that there will be that is when I can come together with other believers who are walking in righteousness, who are suffering for righteousness. Wow, our love for one another and our prayers for one another just seem to get purified by that fire even the more to be more genuine. And uh, I really uh, seek and appreciative of the Lord for that genuine fellowship with mm-hmm. other believers in the spirit 
who are walking you know that same path there's a price there's a cost to be in the kingdom and it's that narrow way it's that constrained way but you know jesus was hemmed in you know in that passion week uh, he's hemmed in by the religious system. He's hemmed in by the world system. He's hemmed in by people who mm-hmm. the week before said, blessed, Hosanna, the Messiah. And the week later, they will crucify him. His way out, if you will, or the, the exodus that the Lord gave him was through death and then resurrection. <laughs> and so, you know, I love how Frankie V shares, you know, Jesus's history is our destiny. So, amen, somebody. Well, that's good. And I like that you brought in the fact that a true kingdom community that is living by the life of Christ, the members comfort one another as they're being persecuted. This reminds me of the ecclesia in Thessalonica. They were born in fire. They went through immense persecution from all quarters. But there was strength in that community of believers. Many of them did not crack under the pressure because they had one another and they held on to the Lord and to one another. We're learning the story right now in the Deeper Christian Life Network. The summer conference was mm-hmm. on the story of First Thessalonians and uh, the messages are called Day Moves. First Thessalonians in 3D. And so we're learning right now what it means to be a local community of Christ followers who are having fire rained upon them, both from the religious community, Mm -hmm. they were catching it from the Jewish community, but also from the pagan world. They were catching it from them too, but they hung on to Christ. And it's Matthew 10, uh, verse 38 and 39, where Jesus says, take up your cross. You know, this passage also implies that a person who's living in the kingdom is not a hermit who's pursuing holiness in an isolated way. If you're a hermit and you're not engaged with other people, you're not engaged in society, you know, there's no real cost there. You're you're not going to be persecuted because there's nobody to persecute you, right? You're hidden. <laughs> you're isolated. Amen. But here's another point, and I say this because we're in 21st century America. Jesus is not talking about being persecuted for a political position that you hold. Amen. This is not being persecuted because of your allegiance or your loyalty to a political candidate or a political party. So for someone to say, well, I'm being persecuted because I'm a Republican and uh, people don't agree with my Republican values. That's not what he's talking about. He said, for my sake. Somebody says, I'm being persecuted because I'm a Democrat. People don't like that I hold to democratic values. No, he said, for my sake. Hmm. They're being persecuted for walking in righteousness. And this gets into something that we talked about in our last episode, or one of the episodes we've had so far. It's the issue of idols. Hmm. When an idol is confronted, all right, the claws and the fangs will disengage from some people. I'll give you an example. I heard someone say that the idolization of sexuality in our culture has a radical grip on society. And it has increased enormously 
in the United States from the 1950s until today. Now, here's the thing. When an idol is confronted, it will provoke the shrill, intense anger Hmm. from those who are in league with that idol. Amen. From those who are worshiping that idol. Mm. All right. Let me give you an example of Aphrodite, the goddess Aphrodite, which is a false god and an idol. Aphrodite demands that if you fall in love with someone, then you're supposed to have sex with them. It's all about freedom. Mm. And you know, as well as I do, in our culture, that's assumed. That's right. In pagan culture. That's right. You know, if you go ahead and fall in love with someone, then it's perfectly normal, natural, approved to enter into a sexual relationship. If you as a Christian stand against that idol and that philosophy and the demands of Aphrodite, you will invite the shrill, intense anger. And that anger reveals that an idol is being worshipped. Mm. Amen. In the same way, there is the god of Mars, Mm. also Aries, also Plutus. To serve the god of Mars is to worship war and violence, is to view it as a good thing, to view it as a good option to solve problems Mm. by violence, and to say this is right and this is noble. Mm. And that's characterized the world system from the beginning. I mean, war... (laughs) is in the lifeblood of this system. And if you were to come against war, right? Mm-hmm. And violence, mm-hmm. justified violence, you know, because many people justify it in very different ways, opposed to turning the other cheek, which mm. is the kingdom Amen. of God, Amen, which is Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you're going to provoke anger. Yes. And when that happens, brother, an idol is being worshiped. Right? Amen. I'll give you another example. Uh, The worship of mammon. A job offers you twice or three times the amount of money if you relocate to get that new job. So it is deeply woven into the culture that to say no to that offer is is ludicrous. That's right. It's more money. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And so if you were to say, how about selling your home, quitting your job, and relocating for the Ecclesia, for the kingdom, that's looked at as being crazy. (laughs) You're a fanatic. But to do it for money, the mighty dollar, well, that's normal, it's approved, it's even a good thing. How noble and good are you to do that? All right? And if someone becomes angry, if you turn the tables on that, that shows that a god is being worshipped. One of the things that shows us, again, if a god is being worshipped, if an idol is being worshipped, not only if there's anger when it's confronted, but also if people are sacrificing for it. Whatever you sacrifice for is your god, is your idol. Now, there's another side to this. I'm talking about persecution from the pagan world. And by pagan, I'm talking about the non-Christian world, the Amen. world system. Make right? a plane. You know, not that you bow down and worship little figurines <laughs> <laughs> that represent gods and goddesses. No, the pagan world is anything that is outside the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, persecution often comes at the hands 
of our fellow Christians. Yes, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yes. I was wounded in the house of my friends. Mm. The main assaults that came the way of Paul of Tarsus were not from the pagans. They were from God's people. Amen. They were from the Jewish communities. Okay. And they're the ones that stirred up in some cities, right? Yes. The pagans. Mm-hmm. Thessalonica, perfect example. Berea, yes. another example. But not only that, Christians in the ecclesia in Jerusalem, a small group of them, many of them ex-Pharisees, yes. right, who came to faith in Jesus, part of the circumcision party. And there was a group of them that made the life of Paul of Tarsus a living hell. All the way to Antioch, bringing the gospel of circumcision there, Jesus plus, following the law of Moses. Then they followed him to Galatia, and I believe they also followed him to Greece, and even to Asia, and it caused his life an enormous amount of suffering. So my point is, Christians, professing or otherwise, I say otherwise because we really don't know. That's right. All right? Mm-hmm. And, and I believe a Christian can truly be saved but not know what they're doing, be under deception, but that's a whole other question. But persecution for righteousness' sake often comes at the hands of fellow believers. We see it in the life of Jesus and the apostles, and we see it today. Most of the scars that I bear have not come from the pagans and the unbelievers. In fact, I would say in my life, I have been treated better by friends that I've had that were not Christians than I have compared to some people who profess to be Christians. And it comes in different forms. You know, there's passive persecution. Mm. That's being ostracized, being left out, being ignored, being declined, passed over. Yeah, you understand. (laughs) You resonate. Um, And then there's the persecution that's active. This is the direct, hostile, intentional misrepresentation, Mm. slandering tongue, Mm. damning someone with faint praise even. These are the ways that religious people persecute followers of Jesus Christ. Again, ask yourself, who were the enemies of Jesus? It wasn't the Romans. That's right. It was the people of Israel, God's people, quote unquote, and the same with Paul of Tarsus. There's an article, Denzel, on my blog. It's called Jesus and Paul Under Fire. And anybody can go to the blog, frankviola.org, and look at it. There's a search window. Yeah. Just look up Jesus and Paul under fire and you will see all of the places it's bullet pointed where Jesus was reviled against, Mm. lied about, slandered, and you can read the list and the things that were said about him and then the same thing with Paul. Yeah. And again, it mostly came from religious people, which is just heartbreaking. But thank God Jesus said, Blessed are you who are persecuted, wherever it comes from, from the pagan world or the religious world. Yours is the kingdom Kingdom. of heaven. Yours is the kingdom of God. And that, I think, applies to today, right now. The kingdom is here. Amen. Heaven is in session now. All right. (laughs) In the kingdom. And so the Beatitudes, which is what we see in Matthew 5, the beginning part, are really a summary of life in the present kingdom. But also, there will be glory and there will be reward in the future kingdom. Amen. When it arrives. 
and when it is manifested. So those are my those are my thoughts. Back to you. Hey, y'all out there in insurgents land. I hope you're. Uh, I pray that you're like me right now, sitting at a table and just eating this bread and this uh, water of Christ. You mentioned First Thessalonians, and when you did, I went and uh, pulled up First Thessalonians chapter one five through seven. He says, Paul says, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, which mm-hmm. we talked about proclamation of the kingdom of of the heavens and power of the Holy Spirit. He said, even as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And we talked about how Jesus was among the disciples and teaching and apprenticing them. And Paul's doing the same thing here. Mm -hmm. Then in verse six, he says, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. And that's so encouraging, knowing that for righteousness sake will be persecuted, that I can receive the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. And it reminds me in Hebrews 12, where it said about Jesus, says, let us set our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Mm. So in other words, as a word of encouragement, we can be suffering affliction and at the same time have joy. Affliction and suffering and joy can exist in the same space. Yes. Also where Frankie V was talking about affliction, if you will, amongst uh, the sect of Pharisees, I looked at Acts 15 and I just go to verse five. You read it, you can look at verses one through five and get the whole context, but it's a meeting about circumcision. But in verse five, when they got together and Paul and Barnabas had traveled down to Jerusalem to discuss Uh, how much of the law that the Gentiles would have to do. It says in Acts 15, 5, but certain men from the sect of the Pharisees who had believed Mm. rose up from among them saying, it is necessary to circumcise them and to charge them to keep the law of Moses. Mm. So yes, but now I'm going to backtrack and go where Frankie V was talking about from the world, whether it's mammon, sexual, those other gods of power and war. When you take a stance against that, I'll use a personal uh, illustration as a pastor in a denomination. When we come in April, uh, Good Friday, there's always the seven last word services and each minister takes one of the several last words and for like three or four years in a row, I haven't participated in that in several years, but three or four years in a row, I thought it was like maybe the Holy Spirit was kind of playing a joke on me because no matter where I went, I was always given the first word, Father, forgive them for they know not what mm-hmm. they do. It was almost like, yeah, Jeff, we're going to keep working on that with you. But um, I proposed something one time. It was about 10 or 12 churches that came together, very diverse in denominations and uh, ethnicities sitting in the audience. And I said, you know, as I was looking at that, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. I said, you know, I always wondered. I'm going to hit a soft spot with some of you here. But I did it with people alive, so I'll do it with you too. Is I wonder when 9-11 happened, since our president was a professing Christian, if we would have stood on the rubble of the Twin Towers and said, 
you know, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How powerful that would have been. He probably would have been impeached immediately. Probably. Because everyone wanted revenge, retaliation, war. And so then lives get lost, human lives that were ordained by God to be in the world, they get lost because of violence. Uh, recently, I, I saw where we, uh, the country just developed a new spy plane. It's the newest one since 30 years. I believe it's replacing the SR-271 or 71, please. Uh, blame it on my head, not my heart, if I missed the, uh, the number of what the plane was. And a spy plane that can fly real low under radar and take pictures. And it was designed especially for China. And I happened to be flipping through the channels and I saw a uh, retired military general who was just ecstatic about this new weapon. And it cost $30 million and just ecstatic that we had this new technology and, and what we would use it for. And then with Mammon, I've joked that the deeper I've gone to the Lord at times in my life, I've had to make decisions about vocations that saw me take a cut in pay. Mm -hmm. But what I can look back at and see is that in some of those organizations that I was involved in, and when I say organizations, I'm just talking about like hospitals and, and private corporations, the higher responsibility you take on, the more demand on your life that people want of your time, your talent, and your treasure. And I, you know, by the grace of God with my wife, was just able to make a decision that I don't want to give my whole time, talent, and treasure to this. Even though they can give me this in exchange every two weeks, you can keep that. Mm -hmm. I'd rather keep my time, my talent, and my treasure to be used as the Holy Spirit would want me to. But what I also saw was people then who went to take a stand in certain of those areas and took those things, they might not have been well prepared, as well prepared maybe for that suffering because then they had to make a decision that ended up taking away from the Christ in their life, if you will, because of just the influence of what they had went under. So these are very, very serious, uh, sober uh, reflections that we're having about this here, that we have to be prepared. We are going contrary to the world system. Like uh, Frankie V bought out is uh, there could be retaliation for doing that. But Jesus says, blessed are those happy mm. to be envied are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for his sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they when they reproach and persecute you, verse 11. And while speaking lies, say every evil thing against mm. you because of me. Lastly, they did it to Jesus, and he says in John 15, he, the relationship turns from servants to friends and says, if the world hated me, it's going to hate you too. And he means world system mm -hmm. by that, in that piece there. So this is something that uh, is uh, it's comforting in the sense that at times when you're able to identify why the persecution is coming and see it. It's comforting to know that, you know, Christ has, you know, the kingdom of heavens is ours. And Daniel 4.26 says the heavens do rule. And so the heavens rule. And this gets back to the importance of really having a revelation of Jesus Christ and us as ecclesia communities 
manifesting and being that visible representation of what it looks like in kingdom community. And then, as Frankie V brought out, comforting and healing and strengthening one another as we go through these things together. It is so important to uh, be there for one another. If I have all my time being taken up in the world system, then I won't have time to be there for my brothers and sisters in the ecclesia who might just need me just to sit there and not say a word, but just the presence of knowing there's somebody there walking with you through this thing. And then verse 12, rejoice and be exceedingly glad Mm. for great is your reward in heaven. Talking about the future kingdom now. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Really, the specific reason for the persecution, I think he highlights that in the next verse, 13. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world, Mm. verse 14. So when you are being salt and light, another way of saying walking in righteousness, doing that which is right, it will incur the wrath, the anger of those who are worshiping idols, but Mm -hmm. it will also incur the jealousy of some religious people, Mm. some of your fellow Christians. That's typically what's at the root of it. It's jealousy. Why was Jesus persecuted by the religious leaders? The Gospels make very clear it was the fact that they were jealous of him. Mm, Why was Paul of Tarsus hunted down and persecuted by the Jewish community who often rallied the troops of the pagans (laughs) and the Greeks to attack Paul or throw him out of town? It was jealousy. Mm. Book of Acts makes that clear. Envy and jealousy. And if you have God's favor on your life Mm. and you're walking in righteousness, you will incur the jealousy of some Christians. Yeah. That will happen. Unfortunately, yes. It happened throughout the New Testament, and it happens today. And when it comes to the pagan world, if you live or give an opposing viewpoint that is in conflict with the three main gods, the god of power, the god of wealth, the god of lust, you will incite anger and even persecution. The god of power, Kratos, Mars, Ares. The god of wealth, Plutus, Mammon. The god of lust, Aphrodite, Eros. Those gods (laughs) are false gods. Yes. False idols, but they are still alive and well today. And I guess I want to close this by just saying that at the very end of Matthew 5, Jesus talks about loving those who are persecuting you. Mm, Amen. You've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Mm. Do good to those who hate you. Mm. Pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Uh, That's chapter 5, verse 43 on. So. that's the way we'll end it and again all of this this high standard of not taking vengeance this high standard of not engaging in the counterpunch this high standard of not defending yourself and not going on counterattack this high standard 
is beyond our human capabilities. I know that's right. <laughs> we Amen, need the life of the kingdom of God, which is the life of the king, to do this through us. Hallelujah. And the thing about it is, it is possible. That's not to rationalize the fact that, oh, well, this can't be done with natural power. Therefore, it's impossible. That's not the point. What is impossible for humans is God possible. Amen. If we allow him to live his life through us. And that's true for everything in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The kingdom of God charter. The mm. manifesto of the king. Mm. There is no way that any of us with our human frailty can pull off any of what he said. That's right. Amen. But he, the fulfillment of the law, yes. the fulfillment of his own words, that's why he came to indwell us. Amen. To live his life through us. Yes. And yes. praise the Lord. It's him possible. Him possible. <laughs> Come impossible on. for us. Like impossible. That. And that pushes us against this incredible revelation of living by the indwelling life of Christ, which is a separate <laughs> topic. But it is so related to all of this. I am so overwhelmed and joyful that you made that distinction because if someone said to Denzel 20 years ago, 25 years ago hey, you can't love your enemies in your own self, in your own natural power and left it at that I would have been like okay, well, I, I know how to take care of that then, that's no problem <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to do that but Christ in me allowing him to live his life in me, making room for him. I love what John the Baptist said, I must decrease so that he may increase. Mm -hmm. Then it is him possible. I know that because I've looked in the mirror and smiled and said, who are you? <laughs> because it's Christ in me. That's my our hope of glory. And him in us can do that. But in myself... No, but in Christ, all things are possible. I just saw something in the Gospels I'd never seen before. So, and I want to share it because it goes along yeah. with what we've been talking yeah. about. So Jesus is giving this scathing diatribe uh, leveled at the Pharisees, the religious leaders in Matthew 23. Now in verse 34 of Matthew 23, he says, Therefore I am sending you prophets, sages, and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. All right. He's talking to the Pharisees now, not the pagans, the religious leaders. Mm. All right. We know this happened to some of the original 12 apostles, killed and crucified. Amen. Others you will flog in your synagogues mm. and pursue from town to town. What stood out is pursue from town to town. That is exactly what happened to Paul of Tarsus. Amen. He was being hunted and followed from Antioch of Syria to Galatia, to Greece, to Asia Minor. And I've looked at this very closely and I can make a great case for it. And some scholars agree with me on this. These were the same people who went to Antioch and caused all the trouble that provoked the Jerusalem Council. They were the same people. They were Jewish, quote-unquote, Christians who were zealous for the law and were preaching the gospel of circumcision. They followed Paul to South Galatia. That's what provoked the Galatian letter. Mm -hmm. And then yes. they followed him to Greece. Yes. And they're there. You can see them 
outlined and mentioned in 1 Thessalonians. You could see them mentioned and responded to in 2 Corinthians, and then even in the book of Colossians and Philippians. Yeah, that's a whole other subject to bring all this out, but I never saw this. Pursue from town to town. From town to town. These Pharisees, the spirit of these Pharisees, will flog you in your synagogues. Well, Paul Tarsus was flogged five times. (laughs) He's talking about Paul Paul. and the other workers who were with him. Yeah, and to pursue from town to town, uh, I don't know... Frankie V, if you can either in a link to this podcast or know it off the top of your head, you uh, produced in the blog or somewhere a great article identifying from your research and perspective mm-hmm. what that thorn in the flesh was yes. for Paul. And you bring out in that Thank article you. how, you know, these people from Jerusalem to South Galatia, yes. that wasn't like right around the corner. They didn't have airplanes and trains and subways. So when you say pursue from town to town, these people really had to go a great distance and go through a lot just to do that. And that article about what Paul's thorn in the flesh is, I've read it several times, would really be a great uh, addendum to this piece right here to to read. I appreciate you mentioning that because... Yes, that is one place where it's all explained. It's called Rethinking Paul's Thorn in the Flesh. You can find it at frankvola.org. Just look at the search window and put it in there, type it in there. Rethinking Paul's Thorn in the Flesh. But it shows you the kind of zeal Mm. and obsessiveness that a religious spirit can take hold of an individual to persecute them even in the name of God. Mm. See what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because Paul was doing this himself before he found Christ. He was moving from town to town to find the Christians. It was that same obsessive religious spirit. Mm. And brother, unfortunately, I've seen this up close and personal and Uh, it is mind-boggling the kind of energy that will take over a troll to try to destroy someone's life is unbelievable it is it's mind-boggling all right well on that negative note (laughs) (laughs) it's all good let's make it positive (laughs) blessed are you when you're persecuted either from the pagans or the religious world For yours is the kingdom of heaven. We'll see you next time. Amen. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Insurgents Podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. This will help others find it. Also, you can join Frank's unfiltered email list at frankviola.org and receive encouragement, challenges, and insights connected to the gospel of the kingdom. Remember, the insurgence has begun. Don't miss it.